welcome to today's pep talk, Should and Like, episode 53. My pep talks for June, July, and August primarily focused on healthy communication to help you deepen your relationships. In September, I discussed the cognitive distortion labeling, which can negatively impact one's self-esteem and self-worth. In today's pep talk, I'm going to combine both of those. I'm going to share a communication tip, and I'm also going to review a common cognitive distortion. Let's start with the cognitive distortion of should. As I shared last month, cognitive behavioral therapy is the theory that recognizes what a person thinks impacts how a person feels, which in turn impacts how a person behaves. And a should statement is a cognitive distortion because it's a way of judging oneself. When a person says I should or should not do something, the individual is judging herself. She's shaming herself. She's being critical of herself. And typically there is a tendency to want to rebel against should statements. I want you to try this for yourself. I want you to say out loud something that you are wanting to do, something that would be healthy for you that you would want to do. I'm going to use the example of exercise. And let's start with the should statement. I should exercise more. Or maybe another healthy habit would be, I should drink more water. We can replace that should statement with, it is an option. Or it would be in my best interest. Or it would be healthy for me too. Going back to the example I gave, instead of, I should exercise more, it is an option to exercise more or it, it, it is healthy for me to exercise. It is in my best interest to exercise. Do you feel a difference when you use the should statement and then when you replace it with something healthier, such as it is an option or it would be in my best interest? They're typically, when you use a should, you can kind of feel that judgment, a little bit of shame that goes with that. There's, again, there's just a criticism of it, where if I simply say it's in my best interest or it's an option for me to do a specific behavior, then it is just that, an option. There's no judgment with it, and I get to choose whether I'm going to do it or not. A fun way to remind yourself about should statements is to say, I am shitting myself. <laughs> it's a little play on words. And to start with, you will probably catch yourself using the shoulds. And when you do, you want to stop and you want to replace it with something healthier. Simply recognizing that we're using should statements isn't enough to help rewire the brain to not use them. We actually want to go a step further and not only identify utilizing the should statement, but also then replace it with the healthier statement. And this will be a way of actually replacing it in your, in your communication, in your self-talk. You will no longer be using should statements and you'll, you'll work on using something that's healthier. Because again, we want to replace should statements with something healthier because again, typically they feed 
kind of the sense of judgment or criticism. And frequently we want to rebel against them, which ends up having us do kind of the opposite of what it is that we're wanting to do. Okay, now the communication tip. Uh, in episode 14, I discussed filler words. And I encourage you to pay very close attention to see if you are utilizing filler words within your communication. And as I shared in that podcast, filler words are very distracting. They interfere with the listener's ability to concentrate and comprehend what the speaker is saying. And if you have worked with me one-on-one -on -one and you use filler words, I am confident that we have had this conversation. And one of the reasons that I bring it up in therapy with people is one, because I want people to be the healthiest versions of themselves that they can be, and communication is so incredibly important. The other part of it is though, I am listening very, very intently on what my clients are saying. And again, I'm just paying very close attention. And if, if I'm hearing a filler word, it typically is distracting me from what it is the individual is saying. And if, especially if they're using it chronically, if it's something that's being used over and over and over again, it, we absolutely, I will probably be so bold as to say that most of us use filler words in some way, shape, or form um, occasionally within our communication. In fact, just there, I think I used an um. <laughs> Nonetheless, what I'm referring to is when we're using them chronically and it becomes almost a comma within a sentence or it becomes this, this pause within the sentence and it's used over and over and over again. And Again, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because within communication, I think when people are chronically using filler words, what will happen is people are not tuning out just the filler word. I believe that they're turning, tuning out what the individual is actually saying. I know within therapy, I will call it out with the people I'm working with because again, I'm listening so intently to what they're saying. What they're saying to me is so important that the filler word, if it's used over and over and over again, it distracts me and I'm having a hard time understanding what the individual is saying to me. If I'm in a personal situation, a social situation, and if somebody's using a filler word over and over and over and over again, I'm probably just going to tune out what the person's saying. Um, and I know that's not going to be a healthy thing to do. So again, I'm bringing this up because I want people to hear what you are saying. And I want it you to be, of course, the healthiest communicators that you can possibly be. And I want people to, again, understand and to be present with you when you're communicating. I will say the filler word that I hear most often in my office is like. And again, I'm not referring to it being used occasionally or even used appropriately when someone says, I feel like I am getting worse. That's an appropriate way of using the word. Where I hear it is oftentimes it's when people are recalling a conversation and they are saying, 
he was like, it was really cold outside. And she was like, I thought it was like really hot. And I was like, I thought it was, <laughs> it's, it typically is when they're recalling a conversation. And instead of saying, he said, I said, she said, they're using the filler word like in there. Of course, I also hear it again. I, it can be every fourth or fifth word where it's being used. And I, this isn't meant to be critical in any way, shape or form. As, as I think, you know, I record these podcasts because I genuinely want to help people. And I really want you paying attention and slowing down and seeing if there are chronic filler words that you're using. Of course, there's other ones. It's just the one that I hear most often in my office is the like filler word. There are others. There are, um, you know, oh, I'm, I'm confident that there's others. Nevertheless, I encourage you to really slow down in your communication and pay attention. Are you using a filler word chronically? And is it distracting from what it is that you are trying to relate to people? Again, it's with regards to communication, we, we don't want to distract from, what, from the message that we're attempting to relate to someone. And if we're using a filler word over and over and over again, it, it will be hard for people to pay attention and to really hear what it is that you're sharing. Just to recap, we talked about the should statement and replacing should statements with something healthier, such as it would be in my best interest or it's an option. And then being aware of filler words. I just encourage you to really slow down with your communication and your self-talk and notice, are you using any should statements and or are you using any filler words? Thank you so much for joining me today. And I encourage you to do one thing today purposefully to attain true health for life.